Welcome to South Carolina Launch's CEO podcast, where we hear from CEOs on their entrepreneur experience. Well, welcome to SCRA's podcast. And today, our next featured guest is Julie Moreland, CEO of Bisbee. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much, Jack. Appreciate being here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And um, it's been fun to watch you and, and the team at Bisbee uh, grow. Uh, could you, uh, before we kind of get into where things are today, could you uh, give our listeners some background of how Bisbee started, kind of original mission, and uh, bring it up to what you're you're focused on today? Absolutely. Well, it was really um, the kind of a, a vision dream child um, of Dr. Brian Sullivan and Corley Sullivan. Uh, way back 2011, 2012, 2013, he was seeing his uh, patients, he's a clinical psychologist, he was seeing his patients really struggle to fill out these surveys that were mandatory for him, you know, to really check in with them, um, how sad have you been in the last week, how anxious. So before he would see them, he would have to ask them to fill out this kind of a survey of, of where they had been uh, at in the last week, and they were really struggling. And so he really thought there had to be a better way to allow people to kind of express those sorts of things, like subjective things like sadness or joy, um, things that, that humans don't really think of those things, like in a one to ten, you know, how happy are you? I'm about a three. That's just not a natural way for us to, to do things. So he started experimenting with bringing in kind of faces um, where people would then just point and say, well, Doc, I feel that. And and he thought it was so amazing within seconds, people could identify what was it, what was going on for them. And then people started saying, well, I'm sort of in between this one and that one. So he and Corley really thought there's got to be a way to automate a way for people to look at an image that looks like a face and adjust that image on a on an iPad or a screen or a computer and say, where are you in the scale of this particular experience that you're having? How intensely are you experiencing it? And so they had this idea. I met them in 2014. We started, I started moonlighting with them in 2015. Neither one of them had really been business, you know, quote, business people. And so I said, I'll help you guys build your business plan. And I started doing that nights and weekends. And then as we got further into 2015, I think everybody realized it was a good fit. Uh, they offered me the CEO role. I came on January of 2016. And that's when we officially kind of kicked off the company and I hired the engineers, um, the, the staff that we needed. We started with R&D and we had our first kind of prototypes out there with people playing with them. Uh, by the end of 2016, uh, 2017, we really started to get more uh, experience and going through validation of what we call morphies, these little images that you can morph. And then 2018 started commercialization a little bit. So we started to get some paying customers, really ramped up um, much more in 2019. Um, and so that's kind of where, you know, to bring us up to kind of the fall of 2019, we had several pivots in there <laughs> along the way, as most startups do. But really, this was just an invention 
that no one had thought of before. So there's a lot of work that went into trying to figure out where is the value of the invention, who sees the value, how can they consume it. So it's been a journey, and it's been a, a really exciting one uh, along the way. So we're in our fifth year, and we've definitely had some, had some pivots along the way. But that's the origination story of how it came to be. We certainly can share more about, you know, the bumps along the way and what we've learned and, and what our pivots have been. Now, as you, um, as you look to what's next, talk to us about what, what Visby's focused on now and, and, um, that, that'd be really helpful to, as I know, there's been a, a number of different new things that, uh, created new possibilities for Visby. Absolutely. Well, we set out in the beginning, um, the whole goal was to build a product and build value through what we call strategic partners, where the technology is a, is a plug-in. So it's not something you could go out onto the web and, and purchase or start using. Um, it's best to think of it kind of as an Intel chip. It, it fits inside of other applications. So a lot of people are familiar with things like Salesforce, HubSpot, um, different types of technologies that people use. Morphe sits inside of those and allows people to capture what those consumers or employees or patients are feeling at any given point in time. So the original goal was to launch it, build the product, proof of concept, and that the strategic partners that we were beginning to work with, all larger companies, would then look to acquire us. So the goal was never to build like a big sales force, um, you know, lots and lots of revenue, of a big team of people. It was really to build it out so that one of these strategic partners could say, hey, we're better off plugging you guys into our entire global, you know, family of products, and then we would be acquired. So that was always the original goal. The thing I think is interesting for your audience to hear is along the way as we were fundraising, um, we were getting a lot of pushback on the East Coast that uh, they people wanted us to have revenue. They wanted us to be focused on revenue, whereas the West Coast was focused on us getting proof of concept with the original vision. So these things were kind of at odds. And so as we started to raise uh, capital, um, we, we kept getting pushed into this, you need to hire salespeople, you need to generate revenue. So we started to go down that path. And I realized last year, I was starting to do some larger pitches to West Coast type uh, funding. And they were looking at me and saying, why are you focused on revenue? Why aren't you focused on just making sure the product is really good and go toward exit? So it, it, it was really this interesting push-pull, push-pull. And so I realized it was a head-slap moment, right, of, gosh, what they're basically telling me is get back to your original vision. You, you didn't build yourself in a way that you can go after large volumes of revenue. So that was a really important pivot last fall. And we basically reoriented our thinking it back to the original vision, and now everything's falling into place again. It's, it's going exactly as we had hoped. So fortunately, 
Jack, I, I had already trimmed back all of my overhead for the purpose of going toward finding a strategic acquisition partner. So when the pandemic came along, you know, I was already in a position to be lean and to get through this period where you've got less activity, less M&A type activity, but we were already positioned to kind of ride this out, this period, and not be overly stressed. We did have a period of a few weeks in there for April and May that we were not getting uh, a lot of attention, a lot of traction with our um, uh, outreach, but now that's really picked up, and in the last few weeks, we've We've actually pitched to um, three of the ten largest global companies there is. Um, this strategic, you know, acquisition kind of uh, scenario, so that the M&A activities really picked back up, and then we've also closed our second largest uh, licensed customer in history uh, last week. So we're excited about that as well. So things are starting to. To, to pick back up, and I just feel fortunate we had already made that shift toward being lean and not spending as much money on R&D as we had been in the past. Now, how would one of these strategic uh, partners uh, utilize what you built? What would the kind of real-world application be in that scenario? There's two really big problems that Morphe solves for these large companies. Right, and I'm just going to throw out some names. Everybody from an IBM to a Facebook to a Salesforce to an SAP, Qualtrics to uh, a Ceridian ADP. So you think about all these really, really large companies. One of the biggest problems they have is their data. So mm -hmm. data is king, and we don't talk about big data anymore because that's like a decade ago, but now it's quality data. So what's happening is all of these companies are building artificial intelligence, machine learning, and guess what? They're building it off of data that's not very good quality. So it's not it's not working as predictive as they would like it to to be. So what Morphe solves is that data problem. So you're actually capturing what someone is experiencing as opposed to a rating. So they know a lot of these companies use star ratings, they use net promoter scores, other types of Likert, you know, one to ten to try and ask you, how did you feel about a particular product? Or maybe somebody, they ask them, you know, how well do you think it's going in your job? Do you feel heard? Do you feel valued? Well, they've got all this numeric data in their database, but it's not predictive. So with Morphe, they're actually capturing, I feel valued at this level of intensity, or I feel frustrated with my experience with this product at this level of intensity. So now all of a sudden they've got this really high quality, rich data to power their artificial intelligence and machine learning. So they basically can get out of the pack, right? They, they're using this as a differentiator to where their analytics are more powerful than their other Competitors, so that's how they use this: is to get better data and, and put themselves at a better advantage in their own marketplace. And then the second thing that's a huge problem is engagement. How many times have you gotten a survey or been asked even like a simple one single question, like, 
how did we do, right? Not even a survey, but just like a pulse question of how did we do with your flight today or with your Starbucks macchiato? Um, and they're annoying. And people, most of the time, people don't respond because it's boring and annoying. Well, Morphe increases engagement by double-digit percentages, right? So you get more data, you get better data, and you actually made it fun. You made it fun for people to respond to it, so they tell you more. We're also seeing a really interesting thing that was surprising to me is when you use Morphe, people actually will type more in like a little text box. If you say, do you want to share more about that? experience they are and that's what's kind of blowing everybody's mind is not only are they getting more reactions and more information from people but they're also getting richer what's called natural language processing natural language understanding their algorithms are going crazy because they're getting much better um, insight uh, from either employees patients or customers. So that's what makes it different for them. It makes it powerful. Yeah, that's helpful. And so if I'm a product manager uh, or head of marketing at, say, an airline, uh, how might might I be using this data to uh, better optimize uh, consumer engagement? So I'll give you one really good example um, that most of the listeners can probably relate to. So let's say that um, you've recently uh, taken a trip somewhere. Maybe we're talking 2019 <laughs> because people aren't flying that much right now. But right. you almost always immediately either get an email, a text, or something that says, how did we do? And let's say that you rate them a you rate them a three on a five point scale five stars you give them a three star well if i'm the person at at delta let's say delta that's responsible for improving customer experience my job depends on it i have no idea what you meant by that three um i just know it's not good i'd rather you give us a five but imagine that you had asked them with a morphe and they registered disappointment at kind of an average intensity. So let's say they were kind of middle of the road disappointed in intensity. What that tells me at Delta is, my gosh, I can save Julie as a customer because she feels a passive emotion. We call it efficiently addressable emotions. So all I have to do is say, Julie, I'm sorry. We'll do better next time. Here's a coupon or here's a a free drink coupon for next time. I'm going to be happy as a customer because I was just um, disappointed. Let's say they ask you the same question, Jack, and you also gave it a three star. But with Morphe, you registered frustration or anger. So you you registered a more active negative emotion. Mm -hmm. That tells me at Delta, I'm not going to win you back. I need to apologize and move on. I, I shouldn't do anything other than just say I'm sorry because you're angry. You're not receptive to me. But both these examples, by the way, we both could have given the exact same rating. But when you when you capture what somebody's feeling, what they're experiencing, you now know if it's something you can act on. 
Yeah, that, that's that's really helpful. Uh, well, I'd be thrilled to continue to track with you on, on your progress and maybe at a time later this year, have you back on to uh, learn uh, what's new and, and what's next you know, six months from now. So if um, you'd be open to that, we'd, we'd love to have you back. Well, I think one of the other things that would be really helpful, we always like to just get perspective of uh, companies and uh, the leaders of the companies that we're working with. What's it like working with SCRA? Why, why is that an important relationship? Where does it provide value as uh, others start to consider how best to uh, work with SCRA? Sometimes it's, it's really helpful to get uh, a firsthand account from uh, leaders who have been working with, with us for quite some time. I think a couple of things I can point to that uh, people probably wouldn't think about um, in terms of where is the value. Well, when I was getting ready to pitch to um, SCRA to, and SC Launch to, um, to get to, in to be a portfolio company, really get, get some funding, um, that experience was incredibly educational. So I had to go through a process of using your template, right, to put my my pitch together had to be in a certain flow, in a certain template. I was given a mentor um, to practice my my pitch before I came into the board. Um, so one thing that you might not realize is because of you're getting that extra help, you know, uh, you actually get an opportunity to hone your story before you get in front of that board. And I found that to be incredibly helpful. And, and I've been around the block a few times. I think this is my fifth startup. So even though I've done five startups, I found it valuable. And you're sort of going through a little bit of a due diligence exercise. They're looking to make sure your financials look right. You're presenting your, your revenues, your expenses right. So that, to me, was helpful at the very, very beginning. And then after I became a portfolio company, I've stayed in touch. You guys have stayed in touch, Jill, Derek, yourself. And you guys have actually helped validate my pivot. So when I've been kind of marching along and saying, you know, this this way that I'm going about this doesn't seem like it's getting traction, let me do a pivot, I would get together with you guys and kind of run it by you and say, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And you would help validate that it made sense. So it's just been a really good partnership. Um, along the way, and, and so I really do appreciate the relationship. No, that's super helpful, and you know, I would also it it really it really requires in order for any functional, let alone performing relationship to work, it's an alliance, and so uh, it's it's a it's a collaboration. Not only intellectually curious, but intellectually humble, which is a you know, open to uh, learning new things. And so that's that makes this engagement just that much more fun and, and productive. Well, Julie, thank you so much for uh, spending your, your time and energy and, and thinking with us today. It's been just a delight to learn more about Bisbee, your original mission, and uh, what's next. It's, um, I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you so much, Jack. I appreciate it. Everybody stay well. All right. Thanks so much, Julie. Take care.